Dion said it's easier to get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, pull it up. You can pull up what is what his words were exactly. Um, I mean, do do you agree with what he said? No, but I mean, it's probably the easiest hall, or it's probably the hardest Hall of Fame to get into is the Pro Football Hall of Fame, considering like the injuries you could potentially go through your career. You know, and then you have to have the resume, obviously, to get in. And football is probably uh, the most team-dependent sport in order to win a championship. Like, one player can't win a championship. So there's a lot of factors that go into it. Um, Because you see a lot of people who were, like, you know, five, six-time All-Pros, you know, first teams, yada, yada. But they're not in the Hall of Fame because their injury, their, their, their career was cut short because of injury. So I wouldn't say it's easier now. Maybe there's just better players now. Like we talk about in every sport, there's more athletes and more knowledge out there to learn how to play the sport better. Um, so I don't know if you classify that as easier. <laughs> Alejandro, can you do me a favor? Look up the how the voting is for NFL, MLB, and NBA for the Hall of Fame voting. What What do you need? But I wonder if that's in response to this recent Hall of Fame class because I remember – when they had the Hall of Fame game a few weeks ago, a week ago or so. Um, you know, obviously that's because they're honoring this Hall of Fame class of 2022. And I was just like, bro, this class is weak, bro. I was like, I know, I knew like one of the coaches. I, I forgot who it was. I was like, I just know like one of the coaches. These Some of these guys, I'm just like, I think there was like a left tackle on their offensive lineman that, he only played like five seasons and I was very thrown off because I was like, how do you, first of all, you play offensive lineman, which is the least recognized position there is in football. The least, like you don't get any glory for you to get any glory as an offensive lineman. You have to be absolutely an absolute stud. And I don't know your name. And you only played for like five seasons. So that's why I'm kind of curious if Dion said that in response to this past Hall of Fame class. Because um, then I, I could see it if if that's why he said it. But I mean, I mean, certain years, there's just not going to be those big names, they're not going to be the Lawrence Taylors, the Peyton Mannings, the Eli Mannings. Wait, damn, I didn't mean to bring up something controversial. If Eli, <laughs> if Eli gets into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, but it's very interesting, though, because it was, it was a long list. And for the NFL Hall of Fame to be as prestigious as they say it is, I was like, this is a long list of people I really, names I really don't know. Um, and I think the NFL is like, you can you can be on the ballot for like a shit ton of years, like 10 plus years or something like that. You got something, Alejandro? Yeah, so for, for football, uh, anybody, any fan can nominate any player, coach, contributor who has been connected with pro football simply by writing a a letter to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and he gives you the, the thing. For baseball, baseball's actually, players who are eligible had to have played 10 seasons 
and have have the most uh, i think all of them are retired five years yeah all of them are retired five years but you have to have played at least 10 years 10 seasons in the mlb which is pretty and, cool and then uh for the voting how does so like nfl how does the voting who votes for it and what is the amount because i know in baseball it's the the baseball writers association or whatever and they keep that shit knit yeah, tight. Okay. That's why when, Declare, when you said the NFL Hall of Fame is the hardest to get into, I mean, if you're going by the sport, then yeah, I understand where you're coming from. But as far as like the actual voting process of like allowing who gets through the gates, baseball is one of the worst. Because I mean, dude, Barry Bonds still isn't in the Hall of Fame. And dude has the home run record single season home run record and the all-time home run record like the most exciting thing in baseball and they won't let him in they won't let sammy sosa in they won't let mark mcguire in it's just yeah but the baseball hall of fame has always seen has been seen more like almost like a political thing where like you had to be pc during your career you had to be friendly to the media like i mean i don't know if y'all seen the the captain were like uh, where jeter jeter's like oh i'm you could tell he's nervous because like it's a well-known thing in baseball, where it's just like, yeah, you you could be fucking Barry Bonds, but you you might not get in. And I mean, Jeter didn't have like the best best relationship with the media, so it's a super political game for baseball too, which kind so of that sad. makes it. I, I would say it probably makes it more difficult than in baseball, especially because they fall off after seven years. Is that right? Seven years, I think, is how many years they get yeah. an opportunity to get in, and then they can't. And the thing, nine. and the thing is with baseball, I believe. Like they have, let's say one year they have 10 people. They only take Couple. the people that have a certain percentage of votes and higher. So it's like you're com- those 10 people are kind of competing against each other for that class. Whereas I believe in NFL, like if they think all 10 of those people should be in the Hall of Fame, they're going to put them all in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So, so for baseball, uh it starts off like 120 and then it drops down to like 25 and then it drops down to uh, 15 then 10 and then five so it's there it's pretty selective for baseball yeah i would say i retract that statement and would just because of like you said how politicized it is mm-hmm. it's it, it is harder to get into the mlb hall of fame because we always say you know the hall of fame you know we say about football or basketball you can't tell the story of basketball like, can you tell the story of football or basketball without this certain person? And that determines whether they're in or out of the Hall of Fame. Baseball is just kind of like, dude, if you take that into as a factor, I know it's the steroid era, but like, you can't tell the story of baseball without Barry Bonds. You can't tell the story of baseball without Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, those guys. Like, literally, you, you, you go on MLB The Show, and you could see the the records, single season and career records, and it has like Ichiro with his 262 hits, and who, you know, has all their names and everything. But they don't even have Barry Bonds' name on there. It just says San Francisco Giants, 2001, 72 home runs, and then like wow. 762. I'm like, bro, it's like. Did this dude Pete Rose or something? Like, what What did he do? And then um, I saw a TikTok where somebody was kind of defending Barry Bonds and how he should be in the Hall of Fame, steroids or not. And he was saying, he was talking about his stats 
I think pre before he obviously got all juiced up and whatnot, just his stats throughout his career. And I was actually amazed. I'm like, dude, all they talk about is just this guy hitting home runs and juicing. And the TikTok kind of enlightened me on, wow, this guy was just phenomenal all around at everything throughout his whole career, pre-steroids, after steroids, whenever he took steroids. It's like, damn. He's a dog. Okay, does that mean you're okay with slight cheating in baseball? It's not the fact that I'm okay with it, but the 90s, it was the steroid era. Like, everybody knows, everybody... I don't want to say everybody was doing it because that's like obviously not everybody was doing it, but those are the guy. Like, see, because like I mean, cheating is ingrained in baseball, bro. Like, there's, yeah. there's, you're not trying it if you're not cheating. And then like recently, you have the thing where like the spider tack, where baseball did the heavy like crackdown on spider tack and all that, and you just saw pitching plummeting, and of course, you know, players have been getting hit more. Well, as of recent, and now they've kind of just turned like their shoulder back to it and then it seems like people are starting to cheat again like the pitchers and a lot of the players are just like fuck yeah i'm okay with it like i'd rather not get hit it makes the game like it makes it better you know mm-hmm. so it's kind of like are you okay with with baseball and cheating it's like yeah fuck it like just don't make it obvious and like it's part of the game if you get caught you get caught like you fucked up but if you're not cheating you're not trying it's kind of hard because the thing is it's not it's not like playing football and taking steroids because obviously fo- football is very physical. Um, it's not like basketball and taking steroids because y- it can be very physical in basketball. Basketball is a very physical game. Um, baseball, it's like, yeah, you could juice up. You could do the steroids. That doesn't guarantee you're going to hit 72 home runs in a season because, you know, there's still the hand-eye coordination of it all. There's still all the other so many factors i mean i understand it's still cheating is cheating but that was just that era man if like you can't just erase a whole era of baseball not to mention an era in which baseball was probably at its peak yeah that point it was probably the most popular at that time america's pastime yeah and it's just you know it's one of those things that baseball never moves past its oh it's the Baseball's pastime. You're not supposed to do this. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to flip your bat and show up in front of the pitcher and da da da. It's like, who? Why? Did everybody, like, back in the day in baseball, were they just pussies or what? Like, I, I just, I don't understand what is wrong with you let me hit a dinger off of you. Why can't I <laughs> flip this bat in your face? <laughs> Okay, okay. Question then. So, I mean, you're okay with like Barry Bonds being inducted? Alex Rodriguez was not inducted this year in 2020, 2022. Well known substance abuse, uh, performance enhancing user, hated by everybody, but he has the numbers. Would you Would you be okay with him being in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I think A Rod should be in the Hall of Fame. Can't tell you can't tell a story of baseball without Alex Rodriguez. That's a fact. I mean, if any, like I said, Barry Bonds is the thing is if Barry Bonds isn't getting into the Hall of Fame, then all of them can just like kiss it goodbye. The only hope that A Rod has is that like he played for the Yankees those few years, 
Like 10 and he years. was with Derek Jeter. And at one time they were Bud Bud. So maybe, maybe that could kind of weasel his way in there, but I don't think so. And I have such a problem with the Hall of like the writers for baseball and all of them because you're trying like their effort is misplaced because it almost sounds like they're trying to quote like preserve the game through the Hall of Fame. But what you're doing is you're just stifling the game for the new fans because all the other leagues adapt and develop and change. And I mean, if you look at basketball, man, 30 years ago. Nobody was dribbling like Kyrie. You didn't have dribble coaches. There's nobody. And now it's like people get in the league because of their handles. Like that's one of the big things. Their handles, shooting, you know, off the screen, things like that. So the game changed. It, it's like the NBA as if it was trying to get rid of the tough. Like if they tried to erase the 90s because it was too egregious and tough and like rough and whatnot. So they just tried to erase it because they don't want, you know, that's just not how they look at the game of basketball nowadays. Well, they, it's, they also, I, they release, sorry, they release the, the, you know, per player players in organizations, uh, social media followings per league. It's like the NBA is like 80, 90 million. And then the MLB is like 5.5. And it's because I firmly believe this, the NBA stays relevant for so long, uh, for so much of the year because you have arguments like the LeBron James, Michael Jordan. Well, they're different eras and different, but you keep fueling that fire of like, let's look back and compare eras and do this and that, because you, you just don't get that argument anymore in baseball. Like, I mean, at least for like n normal places like the barbershop or amongst a group of friends, like you would never hear like, or Aaron, Aaron Judge is having a great year. Let's compare him to Barry Bonds. Well, you can't. Like that would be something that you could go back and forth about. Well, Barry Bonds use steroids. How much is steroids? It feeds that conversation. It keeps it going, keeps you relevant. But it, what turns me off about baseball is they're, they keep trying to stay the same when everything around them is changing. And it's like, yeah, leagues are shortening games. But when you go to a baseball game, it's a four hour, four or five hour commitment. I mean, it's like, it is an ordeal to go to a baseball game. And that's great, you know, spend the day out at the at the park, but it's not how it used to be. People got other stuff to do now. I mean, when that was when that was the thing, that was your whole Saturday. You dedicated to the baseball park and you go out there. But now people live in such a short term, short, you know, time span that's like, okay, I want to go here and then I'm gonna go from there to here and do this and that. And it just they're not realizing the change that needs to happen to their sport because they're afraid of change. And it's it's sad, man. So, but this Dion thing is wild. I sent the link to you, uh, Alejandro, if you want to play, because I don't want to read off his quote. I feel like that misrepresents him. So if you could pull that up somehow. Uh, it's just snippets of it from Colin Coward, but should be good enough. And it kind of feeds into this conversation we're having whenever you can get that pulled up. Um, but yeah, I think I, th I agree with you. It's just uh, a bunch of old heads over there in baseball like um it's kind of like get with the get with the times you know it's it's yeah. uh it it's just hard because baseball is a great game like it, it it really is it's just when you're not when you don't put it out there put your stars out there letting them express themselves like and then also Another thing is you don't have 
in my opinion, those great rivalries like back in the day, Red Sox and Yankees, where you know you tune in for that because you're like, ooh, are they gonna somebody gonna hit somebody or are what are the chances of the the benches clearing a brawl, all that stuff and. I don't know, man. It's just well. Think about this. Like, this is another thing that baseball fans who are like shaking their fists in the air right now. Why did Kyler Murray pick to go play in the NFL rather than the MLB? I mean, physically, if you just look at his stature, he is bound to be more successful in the MLB. I mean, the size he is at the position he plays, and the the time span you have to be successful is so demanding in the NFL. It's it's a bigger risk, and on top of that you're going to get paid less. If you have a decent career in the MLB, you get paid a lot more. I mean, Bobby Bonilla, look at that. So, uh, uh, Yes and no. There's a bigger learning curve when it comes to baseball uh, when you get into the pro, pro league compared to co- when you're going from college to the pros. Not that NFL doesn't have a big learning gap, but, I mean, look at Kyler. He was a number one overall draft pick, started his first year, and – he just got signed a massive contract. What is he three years into his career in baseball? He might not even be in the majors yet. He probably will still be in the minors. Like it takes, it, it takes a little while to finally break through, get to the majors. And then you can't even sign. You can't even become a free agent until six years of MLB service. So it's like, you could spend God knows how long with that team that drafted you, depending on uh, how quickly you get up to the majors. So, I mean, maybe in the long run, if, if Kyler was to be successful at baseball, but I think overall, just like there's less risk for him taking the football route. That's I don't I don't agree with that, but agree to disagree. I think regardless, it's a huge hit to the MLB because you're losing star power to a different league. That's that's a pretty common trend we see is there's not as much star power in the MLB as opposed to other leagues. So that's that's just how it that is. is true. And and they don't market it either. No, they, they don't, don't. They don't. They don't market it. I mean, it doesn't help that. Speaking of which, Fernando Tatis got hit with the 80 game suspension for <laughs> for performance enhancing substance. So. <laughs> Jesus, man. I was just like, really? How do you define a game changer? The thing is, if there's tears, I mean, Dion, the thing is, Dion Sanders, he has the most right of anybody to talk this way because he is on. If there is a Hall of Fame for the Hall of Fame, Dion Sanders is in that Hall of Fame. Like, It don't get much higher um, talent level or just, like he said, being a game changer than Deion Sanders. Um, I need to look at, you know what? I've never done this before. I need to look at a list of who is in the pro football game, at least as of recent years who had inducted. So I think, first of all, it's... if anybody's going to say this, it's going to be Dion because he was the one who didn't show up for his bust and do all the all the traditional Hall of Fame stuff. He did it at his, his alma mater, which I respect. But and you can call him a trailblazer for that. 
the other side of that is that he's disrespecting the Hall of Fame and that he felt disrespected by it. So it's really kind of interesting now that he's in the Hall of Fame. He's saying that the selection process is soft and yada, yada. I'm obviously paraphrasing. But to define a game changer, I think if if you define a game changer, I think Eli Manning is a game changer. They wouldn't won those Super Bowls without him. Is that what you define as a game changer? Or do you like, is it the person that when they step on the field, your chances of winning go up 100%? Like, is there some statistic for it? I don't know if we'll ever be able to quantify it, but I will say he's not entirely wrong on that take. I just don't like the way that he is dismissing this NF or this Hall of Fame class and then future ones saying that it's gotten softer because I don't believe it has. I think as the Hall of Fame gets more and more full, if anything, they probably turn away more players because of you know claims like this, the saturation in the Hall of Fame and, oh, this player shouldn't be in or this or that. I think everybody that gets in the Hall of Fame is probably deserving of the Hall of Fame in all sports, you know, minus a few outliers like we were just talking about an MLB, Barry Bonds, yada, yada. So there's certainly some players that are left out, and that's what we end up talking about. We don't talk a lot about people who got in that shouldn't have been in. So that's the interesting take there is now we're turning the conversation into there are a lot of players that didn't get in, but let's talk about the people who did that didn't deserve it. And not, you know, let's take that person out and put somebody else in. It's like there's a lot of players that don't deserve it. That That's an interesting flip of the discussion that we've never seen. So how do you define, you know, game-changing player? I think there's a lot of ways to define it. I think that way Eli Manning is 100% a Hall of Famer. I I also think, too, that it's weird that you get multiple years. Just in any sport. I'm like... If you should be in the Hall of Fame, why once you're eligible, why don't why aren't you put into the Hall of Fame? If Terrell Owens deserve which he does, by the way, Terrell Owens 100% deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Was it Terrell who did the was it him who did the the weird one? The I don't know. Alma mater? I Oh no, no, no. It was Dio. I don't think so. It was uh, it was TO. TO? Yeah, TO was the one who didn't go to the Hall of Fame. Well, yeah, because they denied him for years when it's yeah. like, bro, like, you know, and we could circle this back to the MLB playing politics. NFL, well, they did, did the same thing with T.O. and made an example out of him when it's like, dude, T.O. literally could be is arguably top three wide receiver of all time. Just it, just by looking at his stats. So my bad, it was T.O. who was the one who didn't go. He went to Chattanooga instead. So my bad. So, hey, Chattanooga. Um, <laughs> but makes sense that T.O. did it now because they did hoe him. The NFL Hall of Fame did hoe him. But I'm looking at this list, like I'm just going year by year. And obviously, I don't, you know, there's a couple guys on here that are black. Their photos are in black and white. So, I mean, I, I obviously don't know whether they were good on the gridiron or not. Um, Pull it up, Alejandro. Let's look at it together. I'm curious. I know. I see a class of 2020, Troy Polamalu. Troy Polamalu was great in his time. Now, if you would have asked me beforehand, if he's, is he a Hall of Famer? Stop. What? Stop. 
Stop. No, nah, I'm kidding. He is. He's okay. definitely a Hall of Famer. But Edron James, would y'all say Edron James is a Hall of Famer? Running former running back of the Colts who terrorized the Texans for a little I'm bit. Name drawing a blank there, and I don't know who he is. You know, I I I kind of see, especially with the confidence that Dion has. I see where he's coming from, where it's like, why, why am I even mentioned in the same Hall of Fame as some of these people when they're not even close to my level? And yeah, I've, let's see. Isaac Bruce, Bill Cowher. Okay, but Calvin Johnson's a good one. Oh, of course. Phenomenal. Calvin Johnson, yes. He won yeah, best uh, to do it. Um, it was, it's such a like great area with like the Hall of Fame stuff because like, man, you have somebody like Philip Rivers. Do you think Philip Rivers should be in the Hall of Fame? Well, it, it kind of feeds into so Calvin Johnson was a great player, but he doesn't have the team stats that other players getting into. He has the individual stats, and then when you compare individual to individual, there's a lot of players that are you know, of, I want to say similar caliber, but are at least, you know, you can compare them uh, that are not in the Hall of Fame. So that kind of feeds into like, what do you think about the Philip Rivers of the world? Like Philip Rivers, are not comparing him to, you know, Calvin Johnson, but there are conversations about, you know, Philip Rivers doesn't have the team stats. Okay. So it's, it's pretty much like as a quarterback, you're either Philip Rivers or you're like a Julian Edelman. Or like Julian Edelman was not he's never been like regarded as like top three receivers any of the years, but he's a game changer. He is a he game was, changer. He was a game changer and he, he has, has a, accolades. He has a Super Bowl MVP, so you that can argue that he he had an impact. It probably wasn't for fifteen years, but yeah. for that time he did have an impact. And I guess that that can be an argument within itself. Like, can you be great? Can you have like two, three great seasons? And then that makes you a hall of famer or does it need to be longer, a longer period of excellence of greatness? I think it needs to be longer. I think you like Calvin Johnson is a great example of feeding into, he is a game changer. Calvin Johnson, every time he stepped on the field was a game changer. Now, ultimately, they didn't have the team stats to back it up, but I don't hold that against him. Philip Rivers, on the other hand, I kind of hold that against him in a way because he's the quarterback. I think position-wise, a team stat should be more important to a quarterback than a wide receiver or a defensive end or something along those lines. Yeah, because then you yeah. have somebody like Chad Ochocinco. Like, he for sure should be in the Hall of Fame, but doesn't have no team accolades. Well, the thing is, we love... Chad Ochocinco, but does that mean he should be in the Hall of Fame? Exactly. He, you know, he had a great personality and he, I mean, he had great talent. I don't know. The thing is, I don't know what his stats are. What do the stats say? Because sometimes we tend to get fantasized over just the great moments that just happen to pop up on Twitter because we're like, man, we love this dude. Like, this dude's, he's the man. Chad Ochocinco, he's the man. But in actuality, you know, does he have that resume to where he needs to get into the Hall of Fame? Because I feel like he would be in the Hall of Fame by now if that were the case. 
Yeah, I, I mean, you can put his stats up against Calvin Johnson's, and it's, I mean, it's not too crazy off. I mean, they're, they are actually very, very close in a lot of statistical categories. So I, I think the important thing that we have to say is it is subjective. You can't boil it all the way down to stats, like how objective stats are. You, you can't do that because, like you say, it, it opens up a whole funnel of players that we wouldn't even be thinking about, but they were statistically great players. Like, is Antonio Brown a Hall of Famer? Now, 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 see, like he was one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver of the 2010s decade. But his off the field stuff make us think, like, man, you know, he's not re- like, is he worthy of the Hall of Fame? Like, Do you, you dance, those, AB? Do you, you those, dance? You put those questions in your head, and that's because we're looking at him off the field. So if we just look purely statistical, then yeah, I would say he deserves to be a Hall of Famer because he was one of the best in a whole decade. And that, if that doesn't classify you as a Hall of Famer, I don't know what does. And then, we all paused. We all paused because we didn't know. No, we paused because we know. But <laughs> do you dance, like, AB? <laughs> do you dance, AB? Hey, hey, do you dance? <laughs> Cracks me up. But I think now that you say it, if he didn't walk off on that field <laughs> against the Jets like he did, I think he would have been in the Hall of Fame. Uh, like you said, a decade of just being the top receiver and then that season with the Bucks getting the Super Bowl trophy. But then he did what he did, and yeah, that went out the window real quick. I mean, dude, I mean, it's crazy. Like, the last season with the Bucks, I mean, he's, he's, he's not in his prime, and dude was still burning everybody. I mean, he's he's undeniably... For sure, Great. one of the yeah, dude, like psh, that dude is amazing. But those yeah. antics, bro. One of his, I mean, all if you pull his stats up against Calvin Johnson, I mean, he's yeah. got pretty good stats. I mean, he's got almost a thousand yards more in receiving than Calvin Johnson. Now, he did play a longer career so far. I mean, Calvin's seven years, and he's at nine, is what it looks like. Well, nine with Pittsburgh, two with Tampa, and then one with. And W E that's that's how you that's how you know Calvin Johnson was great. He didn't even have to play that long. Absolutely. And you knew first ballot. That guy's a first ballot. He's different. This uh class of twenty eighteen is nasty though. Brian Dawkins, Ray Lewis, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Brian Erlacher. That's filthy, dude. That is a filthy class. Yeah, so I I don't think it's easier to get in, but I do think there's a like a certain level of like like baseball politicizing the the process, um, because situations like to, you know, that's a that's a really interesting situation. That's one where you can't really explain why he was held out for so long and you know the way he went about it. But they might look at Antonio Brown in a similar light where it's like, okay, kind of off the field antics. You know, do we really, you know, he deserves it, but, and we don't like that, but, but you have to think about that. So I think the, the main reason they wouldn't put AB in the Hall of Fame is because then he'll be up there like, do your dance, AB. Do your dance, AB. And they're like, ah, and nah, we're good, bro. <laughs> yeah. Or his biggest regret being that he never got to watch himself play. 
You Dude, I thought that was fake at first. <laughs> I thought that no. was like a troll account or something. No but then way. I realized I was like, oh, dude, he this is on his Twitter official Twitter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. If, oh. if it ever comes out wild stuff like that, I always believe it because it's it's Antonio Brown. He's he has earned that respect for me that his crazy <laughs> shit that's out there. It's got to be him saying it. That that CTE is uh that's CT crazy, bro. But ask you guys about this uh, little gambling thing. This gambling parlay I saw a few hours ago. So some dude, Alex, you'll like this. Some dude did three-leg parlay of Will Zalatoris okay. winning what the PGA event that just happened, which is what happened. Alabama winning the college football championship and then the Chargers winning the Super Bowl. So he put $20 in. The total payout is $126,840. Just with Zalatoris winning, if he wants, he could just cash out right now for $1,475. What, what do you do? Do you just cash out? Do you no. play? see it through? See that thing through, bro. Chargers got a good shot this year. Chargers mm-hmm. loaded up this offseason, dude. I say let Bama win the natty and then cash out there. I don't know. I mean, what do you no. You're playing with house money. Twenty dollars, dude. Yeah, but the Chargers aren't winning the Super Bowl, bro. I don't know, man. Bro, Herbert's good. a dog, bro. He is the Chargers dog. aren't winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> All right, I'll keep this. I'll keep this. Uh, this tape in the files. Hey, the write, it, write it down on David's stupid shit list. It's not stupid, but it's <laughs> definitely like a hot take. It's up there with the Dion take. Very hot. Because I mean, you already got it, almost fifteen hundred in the. Assume if Alabama were to win, which is. Not far from off. Maybe you go up a couple more grand because you hit two legs of the parlay. Man, you put twenty dollars in and you're, you could cash out at five grand. Why would you let Chargers ruin that for you? I don't think the Chargers will ruin it, dude. That's the difference. Y'all do realize Chargers don't win the Super Bowl. It's zero. I do know that. But that's why you make the bet, right? That's why his payout's so high. I'll, I will put money this probably when we go to, I say probably, when we go to Vegas on the Chargers win the Super Bowl. Because that, I, I do believe they have the ability to do it. They, have, they certainly have the roster. They come down to... Starts off 0-6. <laughs> if they start off 0-6, I'm definitely betting on them to go to the Super Bowl. 100%. Herbert gets injured. Then I'm not. <laughs> you did it. Herbert's a dog, dude. If he can play in the playoffs, you got a problem. You got a big problem. So I, uh, but I like them this year. I think they'll be good. That's a hot take, though. Hot take, like Dion. Nah, dude. I, I like the Chargers. They're they're a team that has like, I mean, all the other really good teams. They're they're too many new variables. Like Denver, that's a new variable. Like coming in, yeah, it's a badass team, but it's it's new. You have fucking Kansas City losing Tyreek Hill, and then you have yeah. all that turmoil. 
there's a lot of things going in the Chargers' favor, and one of them is the fact that they've been together for for a couple years now. Yeah. Some I like consistency, bro. Yeah. And I like Josh Herbert, bro. Motherfucker's a dog, bro. Yeah. He's a dog. Y'all, y'all make a valid valid point, but so moving if Tom on. Tom Brady's though, still in the league. You know what I mean? <laughs> if Tom Brady's still in the league. Bet. You might be losing that bet if Tom Brady's still in the league. Um, moving on though, I we all watched Hard Knocks, right? We've all seen Hard Knocks. Sir, oh, boo! That's okay. Knock on wood if you're not with me. (laughs) Um, dude, we were shitting on Hard Knocks last week or the week before, and it was because of what's that? We. I was definitely me. Yeah, that's what I'll say. You were. <laughs> were you not shitting on Hard Knocks? Did you think last year's Hard Knocks was good? I just thought because it was the what was last year? Rams and Chargers. No, that was two years ago. We did this exactly. This Cowboys. we did this last time too. Cowboys. Cowboys. Cowboys were last year. Yeah, thank you. Cowboys. Okay, so I said last year it was hard because it was just I don't like the Cowboys and I really didn't want to watch a show that had to do with the Cowboys and it was just like. And then the year before that was the LA one, and it was just like COVID. It was a reality show for uh, Sean McVay, and then partially that, and then part uh, the rest of it was just COVID. How they adjusted to COVID and COVID procedures, and I'm just like, oh my god, yeah. I, I, I'm like trying to get over this, and you keep bringing it up, so I stopped watching that one. But I thought the one before that was the Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders. I believe. I enjoyed that one. I mean, we still <laughs> do your dance, A.B. All right. Um, but yeah, knock on wood if you're with me. I enjoyed that one. So I feel like maybe they're finally getting back on track in, in my eyes. I thought it was the best episode of Hard Knocks I've seen in years. thought it was way, way better because, I mean, Dan Campbell, I'd run through a wall for Dan Campbell, no questions asked. I mean, he is just that dude. Um, but I, I like the way that they they portrayed it because they didn't i don't like and we talked about this last week i don't like when they do newbies that are like fighting for a roster spot almost like a reality show like i don't i don't watch hard knocks for that i watch hard knocks for the coach i watch hard knocks for the superstars you know all that that goes into it but i don't watch it for the sixth round pick who has a family he needs to feed and this and that i just it's not that's not what i watch it for now if that's what the reasoning behind the show is then hey i'll take the high road and walk away but this last episode i thought it was great man i thought i thought they hit every single little thing that i i enjoyed the entire episode everything about it but don't you enjoy watching like the camera footage of the gm office and they're cutting somebody and you're like oh shit so this is what it's like yeah definitely definitely but i don't need to have like a multi-episode like commitment to a player that's not going to make the team. I just, I just don't care. Like that sucks for you. You know, I'm sorry you didn't make the team, but I would have rather learned more about like last year, or two years ago, like, you know, Keenan Allen or Justin Herbert or things like that. I didn't want to know about Sean McVay's abs and how he swims in the pool or whatever the fuck he was doing like that. I didn't care for that. I wanted to see the practices. I wanted to see how the coaches handle the players. I wanted to see the meeting rooms. Like I like that because 
when I played football, it was in high school. And obviously it is a just completely different universe than the NFL. And so I like to see like, oh yeah, I remember like sitting in like offense rooms or wide receiver rooms and like, man, like look at that look at the way they're analyzing tape or look at the way this coach is coaching him or like you, you learn stuff about the team and the league and everything that goes into it that I enjoy. But if you narrow it down to a reality show, a reality story of a couple six rounders, and you get bummed in the final episode about a six rounder not making the team, then like I can't. Could you tell me any of the players that were on that line right there of getting cut or not getting cut from any of the previous seasons that you that they tried to get you to be like so emotionally attached to that are they're never going to sell any jerseys. They're never going to bring fans to the stadiums because of that show. Like, you're not. So I don't understand why they would market that when you can market Dan Campbell or the Jared Goff story is a good one about how he was in the, he was in the Super Bowl and now he's in Detroit, which is the opposite of the Super Bowl. I love you, Detroit, but man, oh man, gotta, you got to fix that. You know, or the, the rookie, the Hutchinson kid coming out of Michigan. Like, that was a cool story. Like, the first rounders I want to know about. So when they develop and they grow, it's like, oh, yeah, you remember when he was on Hard Knocks? Not some six-rounder that I'm never going to buy his jersey or I'm never going to, like, turn on the tape because he's coming back from injury and I get to watch him play. Like, no. That's, that's my point. Is it, it's, not, it's not as enticing to me to watch those, those players as it is the superstars or the coaches, the league, the team, whatever it is. So, yeah, call me a hater, I guess, if, you, if, if that's what qualifies me as a hater. I mean hater no <laughs> um <laughs> i mean i kind of like uh i don't know i just i just like it i just i mean it's hard i like tv I, it, <laughs> it's just hard because the last couple of years have been duds so i can't really remember you know 2019 oh yeah knock on why have they me. been duds is kind of is what we're talking about well for me personally because i don't like the cowboys so i just couldn't watch it and the chargers and rams thing was just covid all over the place like it wasn't even it was barely even about football and like you said freaking what's his sean mcveigh's abs like and covid 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 sean mcveigh covid covid and they did like a dual thing and it was really they had so much to capitalize on that if they had just done like a smaller portion about covid because they did have that whole episode where it's like what they have to do to get to practice, all the COVID testing and everything. It was like, okay, NFL, no need to grandstand. Like, we know that you're doing the proper procedures. You don't need to put it on TV for us. They had a lot of potential with that season with SoFi coming out and how excited. I mean, they just rebranded the Rams, I think, that year. And the Chargers were getting exciting because they had Justin Herbert. I think they drafted Justin Herbert that year. So they really kind of shit an egg on that one or whatever the phrase is. That was a... that was not a good one. But this one I'm very excited for. I will be tuning in every Tuesday for it. Yep, Dan Dan Campbell. It was a Dan Campbell highlight reel. That's what it was. <laughs> Essentially, I was just like, I'm all here. I'm here all for it. I love that. Yeah, and I love the uh, shout out A&M. In the beginning, I played at A&M. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, we did. So Giggle. I didn't know he went over to coach under Sean McVay and Sean or not Sean McVay uh 
Sean Payton. Sean Payton, yeah. And yeah, Sean yeah. Payton was like, I'll teach you everything I know and yada, yada. And he was like, yeah, I got on that plane and I went over there. It's like, yeah, I would too, definitely. I would definitely go to Sean Payton and tell him to teach me everything he knows. Dude, he was doing up-downs with the team. Yeah, that, I mean, he he's built like a just a brick house, man. That, that guy's huge. And he was talking about how he probably messed up his wrist the night before, the day before or something, like his wrist he might fell. be. He fell in his house. That's what he said. Like tripped yeah, over something was, and, and fell. And he said, I just can't not do up downs. And I'm just like, this is a guy right here. Love it. Love it. You ever think you'd see uh, Mike McCarthy doing up downs? That man go down <laughs> and won't get up. <laughs> hey, hey, how about, uh, what's his face? Uh, Andy Reid. Andy <laughs> Reid. Andy Reid <laughs> Andy Reed show you an up down with these burgers. This goes up and it goes down. This goes up and it goes down. <laughs> That's what he's been doing. No, he's dude. And I like the coaching staff. I mean, it. the purpose of it is to me is like it's supposed to build an interest in that team for the next year. And that's what they're doing successfully through this first episode is I am interested in seeing the Detroit Lions be successful because of now I, I've had an inside look at their facility and how their coaches operate and their dynamic. And, and I love that about it because now I'm interested in going to watch Detroit Lion games this year when I wouldn't have last year because I didn't know much about Dan Campbell. Or I didn't know the Jared Goff story, or the Aiden Hutchinson, or whoever else, you know, they're going to spotlight throughout the season. But it's overall, it's it started with a bang, dude. Was it just me? But I, I like, probably not you, Declare, because, you know, you're Big Ten, Alex Big Ten, Declare. Okay. Yeah. But at first I started watching, and I totally forgot about Aiden Hutchinson, right? I, I like forgot who he was, where he came from, what position he played, everything. I just knew he was the number two overall pick. So, you know, he did the little, they had him do the little rookie singing thing, whatever. And it's funny because he looked like a normal dude. Like he just looks normal. normal. Man, built different. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Normal. That man well, in dude. that scene, in that scene, he looked normal. I was like, oh, it was a normal guy. I was like, who, who, did, they, who did they draft? What? Who's this white dude? <laughs> and then when, uh, when they started showcasing his Michigan highlights and stuff, I was like, Oh, I'm He's like, dog. I'm like, man, that guy did. He didn't even look like because when he puts on them pads, bro, that's a, that's a monster. He didn't even look like that at first. Like he looked normal at first, but now he's like a monster. <laughs> even with he when he was with his family, it was like I thought he was just like I thought he played safety or something. I was like, oh, this <laughs> agile safety. He must be good or something. And then. And then finally, I remembered, like, oh, yeah, that's who he is. Oh, yeah, he's, he's crap. A monster. He's going to be a really, really good player in this league. Really, really good player. So I'm excited to watch him. And I like that they highlighted him. I hope they don't revert back to the past of finding their fifth round or sixth round pick or somebody barely making the cut. Because, again, I'd rather learn about Jared Goff and, like, hearing how his transition from a championship team to the Detroit Lions has been and Dan Campbell coming in and the, I mean, they harped on how they gathered all the coaches and how many years of experience they have playing and coaching. And I love that about it. I think it's so cool, but I don't want to hear about the fifth or sixth rounder. That's not going to make the team that I'm never going to buy the Jersey for, or I'm never even going to hear about on mainstream media. That's just, I, you know, why unless his name is David Canella, unless his name is David Canella. Absolutely. So I got a question that that scene and Alejandro will fill you in because I want your answer. If they called you, if you were in this position uh, and you were just drafted, and let's say we're all Aiden Hutchinson and they call you up there 
what is the skill that you are going to show off to the team to, I guess, gain respect or whatever they do, their little like initiation sort of deal? Because you're in a room of probably 50 physical freaks. So you can't do like, you know, I can walk on my hands across the across the deal. Or you saw one guy doing the dance. You saw the other guy, Aiden Hutchinson, singing. What would you all do? I don't know, dude. I think I'm busting out the magic tricks. The magic tricks. <laughs> That's it, dude. Magic man. Because it's it's hard. Because I mean, for one, because I mean, what, what I'm gonna play a musical interest, instrument, and it's like, nah. It's like they they won't expect like you know a big diesel guy just to like pick a card. Pick a card. I'm I'm doing the magic tricks. You'd have to do it. some crazy ass magic trick. Dude, I'm busting out some David Blaine type shit, dude. Because you cut somebody in half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Magic's not a bad answer, David. What do you think? What would you do? Would you get up there and sing? Would you rap freestyle? Let's go. Let's yeah. Go, let's go. Let's go. Bro, you let's know go, if you're, you're in that room with all those athletes, and I know that there's a percentage of them, just like in any locker room, that love to rap and love new music and things like that. So you really have to blow the doors off that place. If you were going to do a freestyle. freestyle to some uh, chopped and screwed, some chopped and screwed. Yeah. Cause it'll give me, it, it goes slow. So it gives me a lot of time to think a lot of time. Mm-hmm. You can have like 10 minutes between each line. And I don't think it'd be a sufficient amount of time. to. Ten minutes? You gave me ten minutes between each line. I could come up with some bars off the <laughs> top of my ten-minute head. I think after the after about nine minutes of them waiting, they just get up and leave. Be like, all right, you're done. You failed the assignment, bro. I don't know. I'd probably pick up some form of like tap dancing or some shit like that, like some crazy weird style of dancing. That would have to be mine because you're right. Like it's either magic singing, dancing. I don't know if I'm I'm just not creative enough to come up with a different idea, but something something like that, because you're not going to do anything physical because most of the guys in there could probably do the same thing you can do. So maybe impressions, maybe impressions. You could do some impressions. That wouldn't be bad. It's a tough spot. That's a really have you all ever had to do that? Like the icebreaker where you stand in front of a class and you have to like, you know, what is the skill of yours or like ever gone to camp or some shit like that and had to do like a skill and you stand up there. Speech class, beach oh, class, yeah. dude. Speech and like college is speech. Shit. Yeah, yeah, oh. that's true. Yeah, tell me about yourself. It's like, oh my god. Yeah. Well, another weekend of football down. I mean, there's there's not much to talk about. We could talk about the the milf slayer himself, Zach Wilson's out for I think about two months with a meniscus tear and bruised bones, if I remember correctly. So the Jets are. That was two to four weeks. Two to four weeks. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully, I, I want to see the milf, the milf slayer on the on the big screen. <laughs> Love that man. He uh, <laughs> he's a champion for us all. Uh, he um, oh golly. <laughs> oh man. I was hoping we all forgot about that. <laughs> oh, it's my new saying. Whenever I see somebody like that, I'm like, oh golly. It's like the most uh, PG thing you can say about somebody. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so i hope he's back uh but 
you know, the Jets are riding the Flacco train for a while, and hopefully that, you know, at least puts them in a position to be somewhat watchable, but I don't believe they will be. I was only going to watch the games for Zach Wilson. That was really the only reason. <laughs> so I gained a lot of interest in, in his playing over the offseason. I'm sure many people did. But other than that, I mean, not very many storylines coming out of this weekend. You have the interesting Steelers quarterback room, Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, and Mitchell Trubisky. That's an interesting dynamic that will develop. Bill Belichick is not nobody. There's no official play caller. You know, Patricia and Joe Judge are trading off with Belichick, and sometimes they call, sometimes they don't. I don't know how that dynamic works, but it sounds like you know, Dad, can I have a cookie? And it's like, ask your mom, and that's that's kind of I feel like how the dynamic goes in that that, uh, play calling room. (laughs) What are you you making a face, David? Come on, it's a pretty accurate analogy. Oh no, uh, Alejandro sent me a tweet that was. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just can't be talked about on here, but um, uh, isn't Patricia? I thought Patricia was a defensive coach. Yeah, yeah, but he's he's play calling. If you've seen his uh, if Belichick's post post game interview, priceless dude. But play calling on defense, right? No, no offense. Yeah, <laughs> no, the three of them, like the three of them, like trade off. Yeah, and his post game presser is. Phenomenal! Can you pull that up? Because yeah, I want David absolutely. to see that. It's so funny. I remember reading something about the, ever. I remember reading something about the Matt Patricia thing, but I was like, "Dude, am I tripping?" Or I thought he was a defensive coordinator. I thought he was a defensive coach, and I was thinking, like, "All right, when he was in Detroit, I was thinking back. I was just like, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't do offense.' But I was like, maybe I'm, maybe I'm forgetting shit. Dude, it was priceless. Yeah, just Bill Belichick press conference play calling. I'm sure it'll come right up. Press conference moment. Ooh, upcoming. Let's go. Notify the Rich me. Eisen. Rich Eisen's got the bit right there. I mean, I'm sure that one works. That's got to be it. That's what everybody's talking about. Ads. Ads. Not ads. You think you can pause the ad and they'll still let you skip? I was trying to mute it, sir. Oh, yeah, here it is. Now can you unmute it? <laughs> I think it's this one. He's he's the best, dude. That, I don't think that was it, but there was one where he was like pushing. There's a reporter pushing, and it was really funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, because he's he's pretty much like he pretty much tells him like is 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 going as yeah. planned. Is like pretty much like yeah, don't worry about it. It's yeah, he like <laughs> there was one specifically where he, they asked him, you know, what do you what do you think about this or what is what's your opinion? And he was like, oh, it's it's good. It's like you want to you want to share some more? No, I'm good. And he just kind of like like started mumbling and then just walked off. It was it was great because he knows he's been doing this for 48 years, dude. He's been coaching in the NFL for 48 years. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> this man does not give a single fuck what you hear from him. 
I couldn't imagine being a beat reporter for the Patriots. It, it would be the hardest thing ever. Dude, this this is epic. So if you literally look up on Twitter, Bill Belichick in midseason form, 2018, him in a press conference, 2019, him in a press conference, 2017, him in a press conference. And they're all him giving like bland answers of just like, no, it's, it's okay, it's working. No, we're, we're doing what we need to be doing. Dude, fucking goat, bro. He's the best. Undeniable Hall of Famer for sure. Absolutely. Greatest. Nah, I don't know. Nah, I don't know. You <laughs> might have to give one seriously good press conference before he gets in the Hall of Fame. Maybe that's his test. Right. He didn't give enough answers to us, the media. So we might hold him out a little bit. So we, uh, not, not too many stories going on. Still waiting on some development, but it's nice that, you know, Friday, Saturday, and Thursday, I could turn on my TV and there'd be a NFL on. So I'm excited for the season to start. I'm excited to draft, you know, the two fans league and I think two other leagues this year, actually, I'm going to be in. So it'll be, yeah, it'll be a good time. I'll finally compete with David on his three leagues. You just don't compete. Yeah, you'll finally understand. I'll understand the time commitment. I think I'm going to pay somebody to run one of the leagues, and it might be the gridiron just so I can beat you. Probably just pay somebody to run it. <laughs> I guess uh, if you ain't cheating, you ain't, you ain't trying. Exactly, you know I mean? exactly. Two fans, you know where to find us, at Slice Devils Pod on Twitter, at Slice Devils Podcast on Instagram and TikTok, also on YouTube, Slice Devils Podcast. You can hear us every Tuesday and Thursday, and we will see you next time. Gunshot.